You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Benley, and we have a, a rough Angels loss, a rough uh, first game of the series to uh, to to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, not not a great way to kick off the three game set. Playing from behind now uh, for for the next two games, but still a, still a fun series, and and it's going to be a fun series. Anytime you you still got the Miggy watch, and then then obviously uh, the, the the pitching matchup. For this series is uh, is my Scooble Manning, which is you know always going to be a riot. So uh, not not the start we were looking for by any stretch, but uh, but still still looking forward to the next couple of days. Still going to be fun. They got like the bark at the park or whatever, so we'll see a lot of dogs tomorrow. That's always a good thing. Gonna still still trying to stay positive. You know, gonna be gonna be a good week. Gonna be a good week. Stay positive. Stay positive, even after. Your, uh, you know, your favorite player completely <laughs> craps the bed with you in attendance. Just stay positive. All right. Before we go any further, got to let everybody know that this is brought to you. This show is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our locked on rooms. All right. Let's get into uh, this game. So first off. Miggy watch, right? I guess we'll start with uh, we'll start with that. Miguel Cabrera does not hit 500, and I think honestly at this point I think it's going to be a while. Like, like he, he just he his his home runs are so streaky and so like oh he'll hit you know four in in a week and then not hit any for the rest of the month. Like, I mean we might be waiting around for a minute to be honest. So. Um, we still have that, and uh, he went 0 for 2 with two walks, and he was the he was on deck when the final out was made, which is very frustrating uh, to all of the uh, all the fans that stayed in attendance. I, I mean, they're they're selling bigger crowds than they have in in the last you know two three years, and that's because people want to see history, um, and uh, so so leaving him on deck is always frustrating. But even more so. Than that, when when you have the Angels walking him on eight pitches back to back at his last two at bats, uh, were literally both four pitch walks. Um, that's I mean that's beyond frustrating for the crowd too. Lots of booze going down. Lots of booze going down in Comerica after uh, after the first walk, and then even after it was like a two zero count in the second one, and it was already the boo birds were out. Very, very loudly. Uh, and I'm not going to say that. that's not rightfully so. I mean, you, you know, everybody pays money. They're, they're trying to see this dude hit 500. And, uh, you know, you, you basically, I mean, four pitch, well, they weren't intentional, but they were both four pitch walks. They might as well have been intentional walks. So a little, little frustrating there on, uh, on the end of, uh, uh, on the end of the Miguel Cabrera watch. But, but the offense as a whole today was kind of quiet. Um, Dylan Bundy with the start uh, for the Angels. Dylan Bundy has not had a good year, but um, had, a, had a really good year for the Angels last year. Uh, ha- has not had a good year at all this year. So much so that he was actually moved to the bullpen 
this is only like his second or third start back in the rotation because he was moved to the bullpen there in the in the like heart middle of the season. So um, for him, he went four and two thirds, three hits, two run runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Not a mind-boggling, incredible performance by any means, but but kept us in check. And then a horrible Angels bullpen. That this the Angels bullpen blows, guys. I mean, this is genuinely not a good bullpen, and uh, they completely shut us out the rest of the game. So Bundy gives up two in in less than five innings, and then the likes of and 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 the ERA for Cshek is three three five, and you're like, what are you talking about? He his like inherited runs given up is is some of the worst in the league. I, I mean, like this bullpen is 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 not good. And uh, completely shut the door on your Detroit Tigers um, tonight. So, so we only put up a two spot. And then, of course, uh, I don't, like it, it, we just never there was never like a, a rhythm going. Really, um, the the two runs, the one came in the third, and then the other one in the fifth uh, in the in the inning in which Bundy was pulled. Um, that the fifth was really the only inning that you were like, oh, like. We're kind of building on momentum here, like stuff could happen, and then it got shut down pretty quickly when they went to the pen. So, um, just not—I mean, like Jamer Ofer, Renato Ofer, Harold Ofer, Miggy Ofer. That's that's three through six or three through seven. No, six. Yeah, three through six in the lineup. They're all going Ofer. Not a good recipe for success. Robbie with a hit and a walk, always good. Scopey with two knocks, love to see that. Uh, Willie Castro, left fielder. Willie Castro, by the way, with uh, with a hit, always good to uh, this, this experiment for him. And there's some some articles written. Um, Evan Petzold wrote a wrote an article about it, and uh, I think Cody Stavenhagen might have touched on it too. I don't, I don't want to uh, not give credit for you know where I where I see these things, but there's been some articles running around about you know how important this kind of so-called experiment for Willie Castro is in left field. Um, and like, he's not going to be a middle infielder of the future for this team. He's not. And, and, and with a 617 OPS, he's not going to be a future anything for this team. He, he's not going to last very long, but if he can go back to the well, AJ seems to still think there's something in there. He, he was so high on him coming into the season. Uh, really big fan of his. So outfield is... Corner outfield is something you can, A, never have too much of, depth-wise, and B, with Riley Green coming up in center and and Grossman's contract ending after next season and he's in his 30s, he's not a long-term guy, you really only have Badu and Green. I mean, I mean, like, Hill still has to prove that he can hit over a full season. Victor Reyes is nowhere near full parts of this plan. Uh, and um, Daz Cameron also has to prove that he can hit over a full season. Like, there's still some limbo there for the corner outfield and while I don't believe in Willie Castro this is not me making a pitch for you two because I don't but as an organization this is kind of his like last um I don't even know what to call it like his not his last chance per se but like if if he plays a horrible defensive left field like I I don't see how he's ever going to be I don't see how he's on this team literally a year from now if he can't play anywhere without being a massive negative defender, I, I don't know. I, he doesn't hit well enough. He hasn't hit well enough to justify keeping him up here. 
And the only reason he still is is because just this organization is not very deep and this roster still is not very good. Willie Castro is not the person that starts on a competitive baseball team, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So if he if he can end up playing even like a like a net zero, right? Defensive corner outfield. Like if he can if he can be an average defender in the corner, it at least gets him to a point where he could play his way into having another opportunity to increase to improve his hitting next season and maybe fight to be on this roster next year as like a fourth outfielder. I don't know, man. Or like a super utility maybe. He's just, again, this is not me trying to make a pitch to you. This is just an interesting thing that's circulating the roster. Um, Choosing him is really a telling thing, I guess. So I just wanted to address that. Uh, Grayson Griner with two hits and a walk. I mean, like, sure, man. We'll gladly take that. And then Victor Reyes with, uh, with another hit. Average up to 209, OPS at 587. Um, yeah, man, like this this offense is still this offense. This offense is still uh, quite a few pieces away from being a competent, um, like, like competitive offense. And hopefully this offseason can change that. But still good outings from Scopey. Um, really the, the extension, pleased to see. He did make a throwing error today. It was kind of a tough play, but uh, yeah, he the throw was nowhere close. He airmailed uh, the heck out of it. Um, so yeah, just the offense never really got clicking. Outside of the fifth inning, we were never really close to actually doing anything, uh, and it showed. And as much as you know, you, we'll talk about it in the next segment. As as terrible as it is to give up five runs or six runs in the ninth inning in a game that you you went into the ninth as a tie game and. And you lost by six. As horrible as that is, um, you know it, you have to score runs too. So, just uh, uh, it was tied going into the ninth, but the offense at no point was really ever close to threatening to to do too much more than the two runs they got. So, um, let's get into the pitching though. Some storylines, obviously uh, Mize Day, and then the bullpen, and then yeah, we're gonna have to talk about Soto. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, because we have to, because it's me. Uh, so let's uh, let's get into this pitching. Uh, first, though, I got to talk to everybody about Spotify Greenroom. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. As I said at the beginning of the show, Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, real-time about your favorite team or sport. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you in Green Room. Watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news and rumors. You'll even find other locked-on hosts to the NBA, MLB, NHL, etc. I'll be joining the app soon, so you can be sure to get on there and get started, and I'll meet you guys there. Go download the Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NFL, MLB, NHL group for the fastest and latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around the, your favorite league and team, so I cannot wait to join you. I'll be sure to let you know when Lockdown Tigers is on there. So download the Green Room app. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. Not a, uh, not, not, not a fun pitching performance uh, day. Not a not a great day on the uh, on the bump, so uh, let's start with we'll start with Mize. 
let's let's just start with Mize. Um, not great, and it's kind of not concerning in the sense of like, oh my gosh, like he sucks, and I'm concerned because that's not true. Uh, Casey Mize is a dog. Okay, he he's fine. He just looks burned out. He 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 looks. It, it just doesn't look like it's all like it was. He went through the beginning, very beginning of the season. He was struggling, and then like the middle two and a half months of the season, he was on one, and then really since the All Star break, he's kind of gone back into that. They're trying to stretch him out, give him six days of rest instead of uh, instead of five. But I, I I will be interested to see. And I had this conversation with uh, with former Locked On Tigers host Chris Castellani. Um, I had this conversation with him. Uh, at the game last night, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see if they plan on like if they plan on if, if how many more starts it takes of this caliber for them as an organization to look in the mirror and say like let's just shut them down for the year or put them back on an innings limit for the remainder of the season at a bare minimum because. The last three starts have really been shaky. Uh, today, four innings, four hits, two runs, four walks, four strikeouts. So, like, at, at a service level, you go four innings, you only give up two runs. That's not horrible. But he threw 90 pitches in four innings and walked four people. You can't be walking a person in an inning. You can't. Especially as a starter. As I mean, I guess, especially as a reliever, too. You just can't do it. You can't. Can't be a major league pitcher and walk a person in an inning. You can't do it. So um, it really was rough right off the bat. I mean, I gave up what three base runners in the first inning, and lead off Shohei Otani took him like hundred miles an hour off the bat right off the game. Just not not a never really had it. And and the stuff, not that the stuff looks horrible by any stretch, but he just, I don't know, man. This is. When you look at how many innings he's pitched in his entire life, this is he's already broken like most innings pitched in his lifetime already. Like comfortably. So it, it, this isn't like the end of the world. We're not competitive. We're not pushing for a playoff spot. Sure, preserve the arm. Make sure he's okay. Um, it's just it'll be interesting for me and for all of us to kind of keep an eye on that and see how many more starts... Even on six days of rest, how many more starts does he have to have of like this kind of a caliber and this kind of a look to it until the organization and the coaching staff and AJ just go, you know what, screw this. We're, we're just going to, you know, take the, take the rest of the year off. But you, you'll still practice. You'll still do your stretches. You'll still throw like simulated games and practice and stuff. But like you're done. Be interesting to see. After that, uh, Funkhauser came in. Honestly, didn't look fantastic, but didn't give up a run, so we're fine. Joe Jimenez threw one nasty pitch, but that was uh, about it. I mean, two Ks, sure. Clean inning, that's all that matters. Michael Fulmer, clean inning. Um, gave up a hit there, but but two strikeouts looked solid. Oh, uh, we're going to skip Soto for now. Ian Kroll came in, got one out at the end. Uh, whatever, Ian Kroll's Ian Kroll. Okay, so let's just end with the Gregory Soto conversation because uh, <laughs> anytime he does poorly, I I just 
my phone just blows up because that's the that's the guy that I've hung my hat on, right? That's that's the guy that when he was in uh, when he was coming up out of AAA and we first moved him to the bullpen, he went from a starter to a reliever and went from a guy that threw like you know mid-ish 90s, low mid 90s as a starter to consistently pumping a hundred as a lefty, as a reliever. Um, and just, we've never had any good bullpen arms really like ever. Like we got a year out of Jose Valverde. We got a couple of years out of Joaquin Benoit. We got like half a year out of K-Rod. Bullpen has always been something that this team has, has mightily struggled with. And in the middle of a full-on rebuild, I just saw a lefty that threw 100 and got really excited. And I still, you know, love this is not me denouncing my, my love for him because that will never go away. He's my favorite player on the team. But anytime he struggles, my phone gets the worst of it, man. The battery is drained quickly because my, my phone just blows up. And I tweet the, you know, my goodness, it's Gregory Soto music meme every time he comes out. Which, like 90% of the time, uh, doesn't backfire on me at all because he is good. But um, then you have nights like tonight where he's horrible and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're ridiculous. This is your fault. Dog, I post it every single time the dude comes out of the bullpen. Unless he, he, unless he is, <laughs> unless he's, has a zero ERA, I'm going to look like an ass sometimes. Okay. And, uh, and tonight was definitely one of those nights. Just first off, anytime we're doing the, we're doing like the, um, the closer in a non-save situation game, that always scares me. Always. Okay. It's, it's, it's so weird. And it's such a, a mental thing, clearly, that really all closers ever have dealt with. There, there have always been close. Even the, our opponent, Rossiel Iglesias, has been one of the best relievers in the American League this year. He's been absolutely fantastic in safe situations. In non-safe situations, he's been abysmal. Right? It's just something that that closers have that thing. Jose Valverde, speak of. Even in his perfect season, when he would come out in non-safe situations, he would implode. But he had a, literally a perfect season of save opportunities, 100% save percentage, something Mariano Rivera never did. So, like, that was already kind of nerve-wracking. Um, and then, man, to do it to, to – it was, it was rough. It was really rough to be there and see. I was in left field, too. The ball pretty much came right at me, the Joe Adele Grand Slam. Um yeah, not great. So, like, yeah. So, my piece is just, A, who else were you going to go to? You want to go to Ian Kroll first? You want to go to Derek Holland? Funkhauser had already pitched. I'm pretty sure Cisnero wasn't available today. That might be a lie. Like, like this bullpen just isn't deep enough to not go to him. I, like, like I don't know what else to tell people. It, it's just any anytime he does bad, my phone blows up, and they're like, "Oh, well, like what do you have to say for yourself?" And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> well, I guess what I have to say for myself is is would you rather Ian Kroll started the inning? No, you you wouldn't have. 
Like, I promise you wouldn't have. And if you say you 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 would, then then you're I can't have a conversation with you. You're lying to yourself. You're you're making it. You're making yourself look like a clown to pr- prove a point. So, yes, his command still comes and goes. Uh, he is far from a perfect reliever. Okay, but this team hasn't had a perfect reliever since 1984. So, or, or I guess uh, no, I'm not including Valverde in that. Perfect save percentage, not a perfect reliever. Just, who else are you going to go to, man? And also, like, he's still good. Like, like we need to stop pretending like, like oh, he imploded today and, and like, he has, he, he has his implosions and they are bad and I'm not going to defend them. But he is still a damn good reliever. He's, and he's still a lefty that throws 100 at a minimum. Like, he's fine. And he still has a ton of work to do. And his walk per nine is atrocious. He still has a ton of development he needs to do. He has a ton of work he needs to do. And he needs to take a big step forward next season. But writing off a a dude with his skill set right now at his age with how, like, is, is ridiculous. This team is not competitive. Let him take his lumps, just like every other pitcher is, a, is allowed to take their lumps, just like we did with Mize, just like we did with Scooble, just like we're currently doing with Manning. Let him take his lumps too. He'll get over it, just like all of they will, and we'll be fine. And at the end of it, hopefully we have a, a lockdown closer of the future. Definitely has to work on the command, though. My goodness. It's very stressful watching him pitch at the moment. He gets the job done more times than not, like a lot more times than not, but it is never like a like a stress-free inning. <laughs> Excuse me. So that's my that there's my Gregory Soto rant. There's my there's my my me saying my piece on uh, on my boy there because uh uh, there's no way I, I had to address it just because of how <laughs> everything went. All right, let's get into uh, some other game notes and just wrap up the show here. But first, got to talk to everybody about Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? You did. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My favorite flavor, the cookies and cream. It's fantastic. But you can also get the mixed box, two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Order today. Get that cookies and cream. Get that orange. Get that salted caramel. Whatever you like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Eat what Olympians eat, baby. You won't regret it. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off of your first order. It's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Also got to talk to everybody about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, even your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. 
So don't sit on the signs anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 5-0, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use your promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, we have to talk about it, unfortunately. Um, the Jack Morris thing took over quite a bit of, uh, of the stories there uh, after the game, and we have to address it because it is a big story going on within the Tigers organization, and that's what I get paid to talk about. So here we are. Um, Jack Morris, for those who maybe aren't prevalent on social media and missed it on the broadcast, said a pretty insensitive comment towards um, Shohei Otani and the uh, the Asian community and made a apology for it later. The apology, to be completely frank with you, was pretty half-assed and sorry. <laughs> um, not, a, not a great apology by any stretch. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't really know... I'm not really sure. Like, there's no analysis here. You can go look up and see what he what what he said and, and the manner in which he said it. Um, I'm not going to come on here and start a debate with people. I'm not going to debate a wall. You're not going to get that out of me. You're I. I get paid to talk about the Tigers, and this is a story happening within the organization, so it's being brought up. I don't get paid to to be the the like judgmental police or, or the morality police. I'm, I'm not going to debate with you whether he was impersonating Elmer Fudd or whether he was um, making a, a very racially insensitive comment. I'm not going to debate that with you. The fact of the matter is he said it. People are offended. Um being that he was literally asked about Shohei Otani and that was his response, I think pretty people are pretty justified in being upset about it. And I'm not really sure what the future for Jack Morris holds, which is really what, what it, this comes down to when we're talking about the viewpoint from the Tigers, because that is uh, what I get paid to talk about. Um, look, objectively, this broadcast booth has been horrible. Ever since Mario and Rod left. And by my approximation, a bottom two TV broadcast literally in the sport. Okay? So, I am... If, if, if these are, are Jack Morris's last few hours, days, whatever, as a member of this broadcast booth, um, like, so be it. The booth objectively just his comments and stuff completely aside okay this booth without jack morris in it <laughs> honestly might get better <laughs> he, he's not good at his job he hasn't been good at his job since he started doing it the last time he was good at his job was when he was wearing a baseball uniform he's a hall of famer he is a objectively bad broadcaster so if he's done, so be it. Sure. See you later, man. Uh, I'm losing zero sleep 
over Jack Morris not being part of this booth anymore. I'm not losing sleep over it. <laughs> More, most importantly, because of the <laughs> the things he said. But also, just again, those things aside, because I have to talk about things from from the Tigers' perspective as much as possible, because that's what I get paid to do. Um, like this booth blows, and he's one of the reasons it blows. So like him leaving is whatever. I, I'm I, sure. See ya. Okay. So that's really all. I, I don't. I don't even want to spend too much time on it. That's why it's a, a shorter third segment at the end here. Um, I I was also at the game, so I didn't get like a live, you know, like oh my goodness kind of reaction to the whole thing. Um, I, I was just clips on on Twitter really that were sent to me. Um, and, and people asking me about it via social media was really how I found out about it. So, cause I was sitting in left field having a great time until that happened. So, uh, just, he's an idiot and, uh, yeah, he's an idiot. He's not good at his job. Uh, so whatever his future holds, I, <laughs> I'm going to be pretty okay with it. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to play the debate game of Elmer Fudd or racially insensitive. Um, Way too many people listen to this show, man, for me to have that debate with listeners and be like, that's that's just not going to happen. And and if you listen to this and and somehow the comments I have made uh, make you upset and, and you're defending Jack go for it dog <laughs> and you want to send me some some oh my gosh you're such an idiot dm for me to wake up to tomorrow and and it was obviously elmer fudd and and you're blowing this out of proportion and whatever because i've already gotten a couple of those and i haven't recorded the damn show yet um go for it man if that makes your day better, where you send a DM that I will absolutely read and not respond to, or even give two seconds of my thoughts to after I'm done reading it for the rest of my life, and that makes your day better, sure, man, I'm glad I could help you. And have a great afternoon. That's about all I got. It's about it. Not going to get too much in-depth analysis on a, on, a, on a broadcaster being a moron. So hopefully tomorrow's show will be a lot more fun. And we're not only not only more fun on the field where we're celebrating a win, but more fun off the field where we don't have to deal with uh, stupidity either. So before I send you off, this is a really awkward ad transition, but I have to read it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, check out. Locked On Bets. I talked to you guys about it before. Great, great new show by Locked On. Betting on baseball, MLB, the Tigers, whatever. Doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. So get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. So follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. All right, that's going to wrap this up. Thanks, for guys, for rocking with me. Uh, hopefully... Everything came across how I wanted it to there, especially at the end. Um, So, yeah. 
Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. It's really, really not that hard to be nice to people. I promise. Everybody should just be nice. And uh, not be stupid. So, yeah. Check y'all tomorrow, for real. Hopefully, a lot more fun of a day tomorrow in store for us. Uh, Go Tigers, baby.